Welcome to the Messy Girl Hour, the podcast where we dive deep into all things health, wellness and personal development for the messy girl. Join us as we explore fresh perspectives on self-care and self-love, tackle tough topics like mental health and body positivity and share our own messy stories and experiences. I'm your host, Kishira. And I'm your host, Beck. We are passionate about creating a safe and fun space where you can feel at home and supported on your own wellness journey without the traps of comparison and perfectionism. A space we have so often needed as ADHD girlies working in the industries of wellness, fitness and personal development. Whether you're looking for tips on how to boost your mood, interviews with inspiring women or just some good old fashioned girl talk, this is the podcast for you. So whoever you are and wherever you are on your journey, come as you are and grab your favourite beverage, kick back and get ready to laugh, learn and grow with the Messy Girl Hour. Our podcast may contain discussions on sensitive topics that some listeners may find upsetting, including mental health, emotional upset and or trauma, sex, relationships and or other adult content. So please check in with yourself before listening, see how you're feeling and if you're not feeling up to it today, Give yourself some TLC and an extra hug and some love from us. We'll catch you in the next episode. Hey girlies, we're back again. And today we are going to be talking about our journeys with body positivity, wellness, fitness, just kind of like how we've, what things we've been through, things we've experienced and our outlook on body positivity and where Mm. we're both at with it at the moment. So let's get stuck in I guess a great place to start is where and I know how about something like this what is cash I've got a question for you what is your kind of definition of body positivity and the reason I'm asking that is because there's two recently there's two kind of phrases that I've heard there's body positivity and there's something else which is kind of changed my outlook on what body body positivity means so I wanted to kind of think what does it mean to you if that makes sense (laughs) I've got like a bit of an interesting relationship with body positivity I would say like when I came out of fitness there was a bit of me was that was like do I just go into like bopo now right and like I at the time like I was recovering from an eating disorder I was like going through my chronic health crash. I had like severe hormonal hormonal imbalance and like thyroid issues. So I gained a lot of weight and that was super triggering for me, right? Like really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. So I definitely was seeking out like other people that were on a journey of acceptance around their body. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, I think that definitely I began to find other people that had been on a similar journey to me in terms of that they'd been like caning it too much on their fitness journey that had also been fitness coaches or bodybuilders or whatever um had just been in the that like era of the fitness like online community that I had been part of who had also just taken it to the extreme and kind of crashed out um and I do I think that when we find other people that share experience with us share experiences with us that is part of like breaking shame you know Mm -hmm. like shame can't survive 
being spoken and met with understanding. I believe that the antithesis to shame isn't pride. The antithesis to shame is belonging. And when we're in shame, Mm -hmm. we feel alone and we feel like we're, you know, a, a failure in a uniquely terrible way that nobody else is do you know um so that was really like healing initially and the deeper I got I'm somebody that I'm always questioning (laughs) everything but the deeper I got I began to notice that there there were like obviously there's different kind of branches there's different kind of like attitudes and and ways of being and so on and I just there were some people that I still follow today that I just think are beautiful, like super, like very positive, uplifting, inspiring, amazing people. Um, but then there was an aspect to it, especially when I was looking at like, do is this what I want to start creating? I had been an influencer at that point. I was a fitness influencer. So I was kind of a bit like, what do I post now? <laughs> what do I do? Um, and fundamentally, in a nutshell, as ever, cash going off on a ramble and a rant, but in a nutshell, I just still felt like I was going to go from fitness, at like extreme fitness that led to an eating disorder. All of my content was around surrounding my body to going into body positivity and nothing was actually going to change like the what Mm -hmm. I was speaking about in terms of my body was going to change but my content was still just going to be about my body and like I just really didn't want to be in that place anymore so to me I don't think that's I don't think that's healthier I don't think that's healthy Mm -hmm. either I think at the Mm -hmm. end of the day um and this might not be everyone's cup of tea and it might even rub some people up the wrong way but I don't need to look in the mirror every day and be like wow I absolutely love everything about myself I just don't think that's realistic I just don't think it is and some days I'm going to be feeling Mm -hmm. myself more than others but really my body is not like (laughs) its primary purpose is not looking good to me or anybody else, right? Its primary purpose mm-hmm. is to get me around, <laughs> you know, to facilitate my life. It's like where my soul lives. And I'm deeply grateful for that. And I've struggled massively with my body image and I've struggled massively in many different ways in treating my body without, like without the respect and care that it deserves. Um, yeah. And now it's like, And I think that my recovery of my eating disorder and gaining, I gained 20 kilos like very, very, very quickly. And I could not lose that weight. Like there was no calorie deficit or exercise or anything that was going to take that weight off. Like I was a PT. I knew how, I knew how to fucking lose weight. I couldn't, I couldn't. Mm. So I was faced, I was faced with like, you have to heal this because the, the, the way I had managed my eating disorder is to just be skinny <laughs> like it, it's mm. not a problem <laughs> because I'm skinny <laughs> and I have to deal with this yeah I just have to be skinny that's the solution right and then yeah 
I couldn't do that anymore. So I had to like face it. And to me, my body positive journey has just been a journey of acceptance. For me, yeah. it was like four years of not of being overweight and not being able to lose weight. And I did not love the way that my body looked at any point in those four years. <laughs> I did mm-hmm. not like what I looked in the mirror. And that's not to say I don't feel that way about other people. I think there's loads of big women that are fucking gorgeous, like glowing, showstopping. Yeah. This is a me thing with my body. I didn't like it. Not for a single moment, not for a single day, did I look at myself in the mirror when I was like overweight and go, like, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned to accept That's it. That's literally it. That that is exactly when I was asking that question. It's because I when I first when body positivity was a became like a, a thing, you know, mm. and it was out there so much, I would always think of it as. I should love the way I look why don't I love the way I look like well I used to be like how do people that are out there you know how are they so proud of of the way they look like I hate the way I look and what I've come to realize now or my interpretation of body positivity is I am grateful for everything that my body does and I try and like internalize it you know I'm so grateful and I'm happy where I am but that also I don't feel any shame now for wanting to change my body. Yeah. Like, but from wow. like a healthy point of view, yeah. from not from like a, a beat myself up, I mm. hate how I look, oh, I look mm. disgusting, which is what I definitely have been through phases, like looking in the mirror thinking, oh, Beck, you look I vile. I struggled more now with my I've... body image when I was trying to love my body all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're focusing so much externally, yeah. and actually when you internalize and you're grateful for, I used to write um, affirmate, uh, gratitude, like I'm grateful for, like I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful that I can walk. I'm grateful for my healthy menstrual cycle. Because mm. I went through a period of, I went through a phase of for two years, I didn't have a period. And that was because I was underweight. Yeah. And so then when it came back I'm grateful for mm. my just like and I just internalized it all and that but at the same time but yeah I do still want to work out I do mm. still want to you know change the aesthetics of the way I look that is okay but not from but coming from a like a, a positive way coming from a place of love whereas and, I think it, it can and it's like the energy behind it right like for me in yeah. the fact, like mm. now I usually lose a bit of weight around the summer it happens quite naturally because like my I'm more active <laughs> basically like I'm just more and you eat more hearty food in the winter and I'm fine with that do you know what I mean mm. I don't do well in the cold and I figure like my body's like right let's get like a little bit of insulation around let's wrap up. <laughs> like, and I and I really like it doesn't freak me out at all anymore and then summer comes around and it just naturally kind of drops off and I do start moving more and I do also consciously move a bit more because I want to feel good in my bikini and that's what that looks like for me do you know I, I don't feel the need mm-hmm. to project that on anybody else or anybody else's lifestyle or anybody else's body like I again I think that women are just I just love women I just love women I love women mm-hmm. I love them in all shapes and sizes in yeah absolutely but personally for me I think that because I enjoy being physically active as well there's something in my body being more athletic where it's it's 
almost like part of my like style I don't know if that makes sense it's like I'm yeah. it's a way of like it's like I'm kind of putting putting a bit of myself out into my external experience like I enjoy mm-hmm. sport I'm, I enjoy being physically active I feel identified with my body when I'm like in yeah. like a sort of more mm. athletic shape yeah and mentally like I'm exactly the same like mentally I feel 10 times better when I am working out when I am active when I am outdoors and when you mentally feel better again that helps Mm. with internalizing that where like you say where where it's coming from where is that body positivity or that love for your body where's it coming from Mm. it's got to come from a good place yeah. because like you said before when you're trying to force yourself to love your body come on love you love how you look love how you look it's not that's not nice like it doesn't feel good but I can also relate to people who maybe feel like that now because I definitely would mm. I've definitely been there mm. it's not nice is it it's not mm. especially when you see other people like I used to see other people that I think how do they walk around with that much confidence like mm. I was in awe of these people thinking, you know, God, you are beautiful. Like, wh- how do you walk around mm. with that much confidence? How do you wear those I've, amazing I've, I've just got clothes? To, and... like, question a little bit. I mean, I don't know who, who you're talking about specifically, obviously, but I, I feel like I have to question a little bit how real it is when, like, again, you're putting so much emphasis and energy into the way that you look even if it's in a defiance of like the beauty ideal or the like weight Mm -hmm. ideal even if it's still in a defiance of the status quo like if it takes up so much space in your life in your Mm -hmm. focus in your mind like it's still something that you're absolutely like centered on and obsessing over do you really feel like do you really feel that good or is it like, or is it that's your way of like convincing yourself as you're convincing us? To, for me, it was actually like my my body positivity journey, getting to a place where I do actually feel like I have a healthy relationship with my body, with food, with exercise. I mean, I could actually probably exercise a bit more optimally at the moment, but like getting to that place for me was not a journey of like I love my body and everything about it it was a journey of acceptance of what my body looks like in all its different phases appreciating what my body does for me in all its different phases noticing what makes my body feel better and what makes my body feel worse Mm -hmm. and deciding that I as a human being am worthy of love my own love worthy of having my Mm -hmm. needs met worthy of being cared for regardless of what I look like Mm -hmm. like yeah and I think what you just said before as well about you know that you actually when you just said actually I probably could work out a little bit more I think that in itself Mm. just the way you said it Mm. it, again you're totally accepting of the fact yeah I do love to work out and at this moment in time I probably could do a bit more but actually I'm fine with that you know and when I'm ready to, I will do it a little bit more. Yeah. You know? And I think just the way you said that was so... Shameless. Yeah, it was, yeah, 
exactly it was a really nice it was a really nice yeah. thing to hear you're yeah. just like yeah I probably probably could do a bit yeah. more but I'll get there you know and and being okay with that and I think as well like that is definitely a huge part of my journey I thought years and years and years I put so and it's why I do the job I do today with the approach I have I definitely have a different approach to quite a lot of weight loss coaches mm -hmm. but because I'd been on such a journey of constantly feeling under pressure this has all come from myself like I don't mm -hmm. know exactly where it came from but constantly feeling under pressure constantly feeling <laughs> Well, yeah, that those those few letters might have had something to do with it. <laughs> um, and constantly being like, right, what shake diet can I do this week? What fad diet can I do this week? What can I try next week? Yeah. And oh god, it was it's but it's a horrible place yeah. to be. It's a horrible cycle to be mm. in. And the further you get down that cycle, the mm. harder it is to escape. Yeah. And it's just this. Well, I mean, when you're in it, I suppose. You, you don't yeah it's not nice but you don't ever think that you'll be able to just lose weight and enjoy yourself in the you know along mm. along the way um and I would I'd look in my I look back at my phone um camera roll mm. and the amount of before pictures I've got like there was no after pictures by the way because then, <laughs> of all like of the goalpost keeps moving there is no there yeah, is no but I never completed them no. either never completed these yeah. fads because I was starving after a week but they and I, and I look back now and I was so much smaller mm. than what I am now but I wasn't I wasn't I was miserable I was deprived I had no nutrients in my mm. body you know like it yeah and yeah and it, I feel sad for my, my little self back then self. I yeah, yeah I do and, I think that it's it, we were just having a conversation before we started recording um sort of throw 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 back or forward I'm not sure what which mm -hmm. order we're publishing in yet I think it will be a throw forward but we did an episode the other day uh, with Jessica who was talking about how we can like box ourselves into these like unnecessary like self-imposed rule books or whatever mm. and I had done that so much in that sort of diet fad like culture where it's like first I I so I I had like the trifecta when it comes to eating disorders I was like anorexic bulimic and I had orthorexia because like your girl never does things by halves you know like if you're gonna do it <laughs> do it right <laughs> so but because of the orthorexia right so I went through all of these like fad phases where it was like yes like really super low calories but then it was like no fat mm. no carbs and like you know I did keep mm -hmm. them I did blah, 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 all the rest mm. of it and then I went into like macro tracking and that was kind of like my my salvation in a sense and I actually do think at the physiological level macro tracking probably did like saved me from more severe health repercussions mm -hmm. I mean I don't know what's more severe than like a five-year burnout but, but like I feel like I probably would have mm. ended up like hospitalized if I hadn't been like mm. macro tracking and at least getting like having that goal of actually eating more calories to like gain muscle and everything yeah. but that also became a trap for me you know and it was like mm -hmm. then there were points where I like overate 
um for my body like you know because i had to hit my macros like i've made myself sick from yeah. overeating to hit my ma- macros like it is just like w- it is wild how we can turn again how we can turn anything into like this destructive tool if we're not being yeah. mindful about like what what is driving it and what i've noticed coming out the other side like <laughs> intuitive eating which in itself like the idea of intuitive eating is so wild <laughs> like like mm. it's just eat that's just eating <laughs> it's just that we are so swept up as as a as a society as a culture into either like food restriction or food addiction yeah that we are not in touch with like our natural body like natural body's cues when it comes to hunger when it comes Mm -hmm. to being full when it comes to knowing what our body is asking for it's like maybe if your body is like really craving like sweets maybe you do like need a bit of sugar or something but it's there's so many different ways that you can get that I'm not saying like don't eat the sweets do you know what I mean but I do think it's interesting to question like is it is it like is it the food that you're craving or is it a macronutrient or an aspect of the food that you're craving do you know what I mean yeah and if like it's the food that you yeah. go ahead and eat it but like it can be really interesting because if my body for example is craving fats I like I might really want to eat crisps but after eating the crisps I might still not really feel satisfied whereas if I had like an avocado or some nuts I might feel more satisfied because or had like a stat like some salmon or something do you know what i mean where i'm actually giving my body like fats that it can utilize in a better way do you know what i mean not to say that i can't yeah. eat the crisp but just keeping food to like look the function of eating crisps is your pleasure and enjoyment it is not to nourish your body there's nothing wrong yeah and i think we have such sorry yeah nothing wrong with eating just for pleasure and enjoyment but understand the difference between like eating for nutrition to fuel your body that is priority Mm -hmm. and then feel free to snack and have your treats and do whatever but like know that that is not part of your diet that's an add-on to your diet that is just for your enjoyment and that is also fine and i think you know yeah we have such a warped perception of like you said what what's the natural way we're supposed to eat we i've had people clients come to me before and say like i actually don't know what to do i'm so overwhelmed with the information out there of what's best for my body should i be doing this should i be doing that what like i actually don't have a clue what to do and i think a huge huge part of a weight loss journey or a wellness journey is understanding your body like you said before about the fats another really really common one that people will say to me is i'm craving sugar and actually not not necessarily all the time like you say you might just fancy a bit of chocolate i know i definitely do Mm. but often our bodies just need a bit more energy and the quickest way for our bodies to get energy is through sugar from carbohydrates so that tends to be why we can crave sweet things and actually like you said another way to to curb that craving Mm. could potentially be from a bowl of pasta or whatever it may be you know a a slice of bread I think as well that like when we rely on these like even if it's it is like macro tracking when we rely on these things to like tell us what to eat 
again, we just don't factor in like the fluctuation. I'm thinking about this weekend, for example, like I've, I've been bogged down with a cold for like three weeks, like not, not normal, <laughs> like how long it's lasted. And this weekend on Saturday, I was like, right, I'm spending the whole day in bed. Like I am recovering. And I made myself like literally not even like, like before lunchtime, I made like this massive thing of pasta and I just ate like little bo- like in little bowls throughout the whole whole day probably like every hour and a half I just had a bowl of pasta throughout mm-hmm. the whole day I ate an exorbitant ex- I can't say that word an obscene amount of pasta right but I've noticed that that is something that I often really benefit from when I'm sick resting mm-hmm. and yeah. eating a shitload of carbohydrate and I'm yeah. sure that I could optimize like have some quinoa or something but I fucking hate quinoa and I love pasta so I'm gonna have pasta that just works better for me you know what I'm saying like yeah and, and I feel much better you know and if I was yeah. still stuck in the like ooh, like I have to follow my macros whatever whatever I wouldn't have done that and it wouldn't have necessarily supported like my fitness goals mm-hmm. in the in the way because yeah, I definitely. genuinely don't think that I'm going to gain any weight from eating a pot, pot a massive pot of pasta because I think that my mm. body utilized that but also yeah. it's one day <laughs> like yeah it's one day but it takes a long time to get to that point like you said yeah. understanding that our body is actually so grateful for that energy and I think as well like when you get to that point of being able to understand your body you can trust that it doesn't matter if the scales go up for what from obviously from Mm. a weight loss point of view it doesn't matter if the scales go up for a couple of days after you've not been very well and after you've had to have like a little carb refuel Mm. it doesn't mean it's fat and again it's just being okay with that I use the, the the most common three words that I use daily with my clients is trust the process as long as you are doing what you need to be doing listening to your body staying consistent Mm. and trusting the process Mm. like you will absolutely get there I know we've kind of gone on like a a bit of a weight loss I think as well I feel like like in in the in the sort of area of like weight loss too and this is something a conversation I've had like with friends and clients when I was like personal training because I love fitness and I am like so in for let's like love and nurture our bodies and let's take care of our bodies but like weight Mm. definitely isn't the sole and only indicator of health (laughs) do you know what I mean there's plenty of like skinny Mm -hmm. people that are like not physically healthy and there's plenty of bigger people that are physically healthier than somebody that's smaller than them right but like my like number one like thing for priority for me in life is like my happiness my joy my happiness in life do you know and so I always think it, it needs to be a case of understanding what your own priorities are in terms of like what is the happiest life because if you want to look, if you want to be a size eight, but that isn't necessarily like your body's like most natural state of being. And in mm. order to sustain being a size eight, you have to really limit like your food intake. 
but you're somebody that loves food and loves going out and having cocktails with your girlfriends and whatever else and you're missing out on that in order to be a size eight like is being a size eight really more important than those life experiences could you be a size 12 and still feel healthy and feel good in your body and like have like have the liberty and freedom to do what you want in your free time with with the people that you love do you know what I mean and so And and even if it and even if you're if you're even if you're overweight, like are you happier? Can you accept it in terms of like because yeah. like the trap of being living the life that you want to live and and a byproduct of that being that your body doesn't live up to the standards of this society and you being constantly stuck between doing what you love feeling shit about yourself like can you let yourself off the hook and say actually I'm not a victim of my circumstance in this I choose this for myself I choose yes that that Mm. that eating with absolute freedom and liberty and doing you know not fucking doing exercise because I don't like it that is more important to me than being a size eight and so I'm fine with the way that my I like and so I'm going to embrace my body where it is and I think that's it like can you accept and can you embrace and I I would love to see people as well it's like dress for the body that you have not the body that you think that you should have yes wear the things that you fucking like because the more don't squeeze into clothes that are too small for you or like limits or like I can't wear a belly top or I can't wear this you know I've done that even with I'm sure and it's like, oh, I can't wear that. That's for like tall girls, or that's whatever. Do you know what I mean? And when I when I gained weight, yeah. I went on such a big journey of like, complete. I tried so many different like outfits, so many different like styles mm-hmm. and ways or whatever. And it's like, do you know? Again, just because I'm not living up to, you know, not not just societal ideals, but like my own like warped ideals after years of working in the fitness industry and being in bodybuilding spaces, doesn't mean. That I don't still deserve to enjoy like my own like self-decoration as there's a better word for that like my but yeah just like like adornment mm. like self-adornment right like I should I still get to enjoy clothes I still get to enjoy makeup yeah. and doing my hair and and like dressing up and dressing and wearing whatever I want to wear and what I feel good in you know yeah taking like the enjoyment of like your your style your fashion your adornment is not a right that's reserved for skinny people yeah and I honestly what I I have to say this because I honestly could not agree with you more and I think another thing as well that I've had other coaches say to me like oh do you not work on smart goals and do they you know this whole smart goals is quite a thing that I know like I've been with PTs and I used to work with smart goals but I don't anymore and the reason being is well there's a couple of things a couple of points I've got here but first of all I will always say to people like what's your goal but I try and not have it focused on a number whether that be a number on the scales or whether that be a closed size number and the reason being and if people do have a number that they'd like to aim for on the scales I definitely will make a note of it Mm. but I won't constantly bring that up because say for example if your weight loss goal you want to get to 140 pounds 140 pounds whatever it may be you might get to like 148 pounds and you might 
might feel unbelievable. Mm. But because you've got this one four O in your head, you're like, well, no, I'm not at my goal yet. I need to carry on. I need to carry on. But actually, you feel fucking fantastic at one four eight or one four seven, whatever it may be. So why put push and push and push to that one four O when you feel unreal? You've already lost two stone, whatever it may mm. be. Um, or the other way around, you might get to one four O, and you might think, oh well, this is my goal. Like, I still don't feel good. And then you might feel disheartened that you thought you were going to feel absolutely incredible when you got to 140 and you're really disappointed in yourself because you don't feel like... So I will, every single week on check-ins, I will ask my clients, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel in yourself? And another really common thing as well is I'll get people come to me and say, right, on a check-in, for example, I bet I think this is, you know, I think, I don't think I can... I don't think I want to push on anymore. I think I'm happy here. And I will be, the questions I'll ask is this, straight away I'll be like, this is incredible. Mm. And I'll say like, or I want you to take a week to just make sure this isn't you feeling disheartened that you're maybe staying mm. at the same number for a while or whether you genuinely are really really happy Mm. because if you are that is fantastic like let's move into the next phase of maintenance Mm. but some people will go away and they'll come back and they'll be like no do you know what Beck? I'm really glad you asked me that question because I'm not ready to stop Mm. I want to carry on Mm. and sometimes you just lose that disconnection you lose that motivation Mm. you lose that determination just because you've stayed at the same weight for a little while but actually you've gone away you've taken a break you've checked in with yourself and you do you know what? No, I want to push on a little bit more. And then taking that break, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, and and they've got this and this determination, mm. this drive to like go on again. But when you've got these goals, these that you've got to stick, lose one pound a week, or you're behind, or da 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 da. I I just, as I say, I know there's mm. a lot of coaches that do it very differently. But I think the reason I don't work so heavily on numbers or really at all, because yeah, I know how cool. much it affected yeah. me. And I think yeah, and I know how much it affects me. I think as well, like with with that is we do have these like idealized numbers in our head without actually taking ourselves into consideration. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there's like a six to eight is like the like goal societal goal ideal. Do you know? Yeah. And like we wouldn't factor like for example, like. I have wide hips. Like I could be at like my bone skinny. I would still not be wearing a size six trousers. Like it will never ever, that mm. would just never happen with my body. I'm naturally heavy. And I remember when I first started training, I was like, I, I, I was obsessed. 55, 55 kilos, 55 mm. kilos, 55 kilos. My stage weight when I competed in bodybuilding was 57. like 55 Mm. kilos is so obscenely like underweight for me it's like at the point of like it's a it's a danger zone when I was sick your camera's gone oh I can see myself okay we're back sorry slight technical issue (laughs) anyway what were you saying cash (laughs) yeah I was saying how like when I first started my fitness journey I had this like obsession about weighing 55 kilos and that actually that was just so insane for my body like I haven't weighed 55 kilos well story time last year I had long COVID and I had parosmia which is not just the loss of my smell and taste I had a distortion of my smell and taste and I could eat like three things which (laughs) like four months 
for like I think it was like four mm. or five months I had I could eat salmon rice cheese nectarines that was it <laughs> wow what a combo that was it that was my that was what I could eat for literally like four or five months and funnily enough I lost quite a substantial amount of weight <laughs> during that period and I went down to I think 54 kilos was like the lowest that I went down to I looked unwell <laughs> like I looked mm. so ill you know and I had people that have been with me on, on my whole sort of recovery journey messaging me and being like no you okay <laughs> like, you know clearly people mm. thinking that I had like relapse right because I, I I was it was like a lollipop like a bubble head I looked really unwell um and it was actually a really healing process in terms of like my recovery it was another level of my recovery because it gave me the opportunity really to look at like a massive trigger and I think people underestimate and you must experience this a lot as a as a coach as well people really underestimate mm. how like psychologically and emotionally triggering weight loss can be <laughs> as well as like yeah. you know we, we're always focused on like mm -hmm. weight gain whereas actually weight loss it's just any change to your physical appearance is something that you, yeah. you, need, you need to kind of process um but it just gave me an opportunity to implement like a lot of the tools that I've developed over recovery and be like really responsible in terms of like knowing also when I can't like trust, trust myself my own judgment at the end of the day mm. I feel like eating disorders it, it's a mental health issue it's an addiction and for me it was like that period when I had long COVID and I could barely eat anything was it's a it's like the equivalent of like being a, dr a drug addict and being like surrounded by like other addicts or mm -hmm. having to like you know sit with like drugs on your table every day and not take them do you know what I mean so it for me that looked like letting my friends know number one letting my friends know let my yeah. mom know like this is what's going on this is not very safe for me and I had situations where my friends would literally come around and sit with me whilst I ate, do you know, like, or come and, like, go, yeah. go out for lunch with me, go out for dinner with me, like, to just keep me, like, eating what I could eat and, and making sure that that was happening. I also let my doctor know, um, and at the time I was, like, starting my, like, medication journey, and that factored into mm -hmm. it as well, because when I was on Concerta, I, um, like, that, that really disrupted my appetite, too, so that, Sort of the yeah. add-on of that was why I lost so much weight so I let my doctor know it's like this is happening and you know I know that's like a pretty regular can be a regular side effect but I you know he already knows anyway that I have a history of, of having an eating disorder so this is something that we need to like, monitor and keep an eye yeah. on as well and so that like being able to outsource and being able to hold yourself like accountable responsible by <laughs> bringing other people in to hold you accountable responsible yeah. when it's in areas you can't entirely necessarily trust yourself um yeah and I think that kind of ties perfectly with what we were speaking about at the beginning and like the whole internalizing how you feel like and it, this body positivity not being from the way we from the outside it's like you notice right okay there's inside there's something a little bit off here like I need to like reach out for support and like that yeah. is an incredible place to be able to 
to be. And also just how like numbers are just so subjective to so many things. Like Mm. I could, I, off the basis of being a woman that's five foot tall, I could say, well, 55 kilos is like a healthy weight. And it would be for another woman that's five foot tall, but it isn't for me. It it just simply isn't. That is like my, the way that my body, the way that my bone structure is like, I have very dense, like I'm, I'm a muscly before I ever even did bodybuilding. I've always been like muscular um like I am a short but stout Viking woman and like that just is not a healthy weight for me so when we have these preconceived ideas of like what number Mm. like we should be our size or our weight it just is so often driven by factors external to the reality of who we are in the body that we're living in and so I think it's just do you know what I'm gonna do I'm actually going to find there's one of my clients sent me a poem about numbers yeah. and I'm going to I'm going to have to find it because Do I it. think it's very very I love that. relevant. So I'm going to find out she sent me who it's by as well because she sent me a few of these poems before and I said you need to tell me who this lady is because she is called Becky Hemsley, okay, so that's the lady who writes these poems. The number one is, so, seven pounds, 10 ounces, they all asked how much you weighed, and an IQ of 100 makes you average, so they say. Nine out of 10 in Monday's test, piano to grade five, two minors in your Friday test, and now you're free to drive. 85 is a pass mark, so you'd better try your best, and if you're scoring 90, then you're destined for success. But grade five doesn't tell them of your favourite song to play and how much you love is not defined by how much you might weigh. Seven pounds don't tell them you were born to paint the stars and your test scores can't explain how you have come to bear your scars. Two is not nostalgia when you drive yourself back home and it's not the memories you make with friends out on the road. 85 and 90 aren't the songs you sing when sad and they're not the feeling in your heart when you get up to dance. Mm. 100 doesn't tell them that your favourite month September so when you feel outnumbered it's important you remember. You are strength and you are kindness, you're creative and you're brave, you are things you can't that can't be measured, can't be counted, can't be weighed. You're a name and not a number, you weren't born to be a score so don't let them quantify you when you're made of so much more. How beautiful is that? So cute. Isn't that just amazing? And I just thought, do you know what? That literally gave me chills when I first read that. And I think it's so true to not be. Like, we don't have to be defined by number on the scales, a number of the clothes size, whatever it may be. And I think as well, and like you mentioned before, kind of coming away from numbers a little bit, but something you mentioned before that I really would like to go in on, because I know that me and you have worked, like I've worked on this with you before when in our sessions, is like style and kind of how we express yeah. ourselves and body positivity huge. through the clothes that we wear. It's so That's huge. something that I know I really struggled with, didn't I? Mm. Like something that I would always just my wardrobe was just black and gray <laughs> I feel and, like it's and I also think, this like sorry sorry finish sorry yeah no and I was gonna say and I knew that that was again like a, a for me internally I knew they weren't my colors like mm. some people love to wear like dark colors and and that's them but I knew that that wasn't me and like a 
but again, I guess if from a body body positivity kind of way, I didn't necessarily have the confidence yeah. to or know how to mm. find my yeah. style. And and I get yeah, I guess like mm. you said before, from well, you if you're tall, you can't wear that, and if you're short, you can't wear that, and if you da 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 da, you know. So yeah, and but I know that this is like you are. Mm. This is like a passion of yours is is kind of like style and mm-hmm. um so yeah I'd love to hear mm-hmm. like your kind of I think I think that it's part of like um it's like part of a spiral where I think that when people are stuck in a place of like a battle with their body and and like not accepting the place that their bodies are and being in this constant loop of like not feeling good enough like thinking mm-hmm. that like the, a shame spiral about the, yeah. the place that your body's at that then as a result of that like we self-punish <laughs> and then yeah. like there is nothing less motivating than shame right and mm-hmm. so I think that it's just such a beautiful act of self-love to me, you know, like whether it's like, whether it's my, my style and my clothes or whether it's the way that I decorate my space or whatever it is, like those for me are acts of, of self-love. And I think that I went on such a big journey um, with that during my my ed recovery actually and during like the the period where i was sick and because i when i was doing fitness i just wore gym clothes (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't have any like style i didn't have any i just wore gym clothes and anytime i had to like not wear gym clothes i didn't really know what i liked because i was very consumed by how i looked and what other people thought of me and how other people perceived me and I feel like when I got sick and when I came back home, I almost went through like a second like adolescence, like another teenagehood. And I had to figure out my style. And sometimes that like was a bit weird <laughs> and awkward, like the same way that it is with teenagers, you know what I mean? And but that through that trial of error, I kind of figured out what I what I did like. But the message in that sort of journey was that like I am like worthy of of self-expression I'm still worthy of being seen do you know that's what to me Mm -hmm. style is self-expression regardless Mm. of like what it looks like to anybody else or whether anybody else likes it or whatever do you know what I mean it's it's a it's a way of like being seen yeah no exactly who you are like yeah. yeah I think I've noticed definitely since I've been I mean I would definitely say I'm not my wardrobe isn't like exactly how I want it to be just yet but I'm definitely I have a lot more color in there than I used to that, that <laughs> I, ascendant, we're gonna get you I'm on the way out <laughs> yeah but I do when I do wear brighter colors or mm. when I do wear lighter things I I notice a different in difference in just how I stand like I notice a difference in like how I am when I'm out and about like I do feel good it definitely makes a difference it does come from I guess like like you said a a shame like I do feel I did when I did wear 
all dark clothes and I guess a big thing as well was through lockdown for me mm. I was constantly in gym clothes yeah so, well even now I spend a large portion of my time in gym clothes <laughs> I think mm. I think for yeah I think as well like having the openness to keep exploring like your style like I at the moment like I'm very monochrome I always wear white and like and I, I really enjoyed I've, I started wearing pretty much like all white like white cream gold like my mm -hmm. wardrobe is literally white gold <laughs> cream <laughs> it's like basically all that is a cash wardrobe yeah and like and and that has been really fun for me funnily enough I think it's very I think it's very autistic of me right because then like everything kind of matches and it's just like it all makes sense it's very like kind of safe in that way but what it has given like this monochrome journey that I've been on for like uh, so, oh, probably about nearly two years now is that it's really led to me exploring textures layering accessorizing do you know and and mm -hmm. like combining things how do you make how do you still make an, an outfit interesting and a statement when it's like all the same color but also wearing all one color is a statement in itself do you know what I mean? And I'm mm -hmm. now at a point, and I think that the podcast has kind of inspired this in me, where it's like, I want to put a bit more colour in, right? Like, our branding is so colourful, and it's kind of, it's like, I love it. Like, I love, I love, like, our branding. I love the vibe, obviously. Yeah, I need, I can't wait till you've got that pink, yeah. um, those pink dungarees on. Literally. I love this. <laughs> and it's like, like, I'm kind of craving, like, the sort of antithesis to, like, my style now, which is, like, very... Like it's still very boho, but it's very like clean, all white, like mm -hmm. still quite like femme, glam, whatever, like boho, boho chic. And like and now I'm kind of in this point where I want to start experimenting with crazy colours, but also like different prints and making like clashes do you know what I mean it being like really messy and I, I know that I'll probably default still will always be like light colors and it it's very peaceful for me but just throwing in some curveballs is just so much fun and I think that's I think that's part again <laughs> like priority to me is like this this joy this happiness in life the you know the pursuit of our, our pleasure and and our creativity and I think that fashion mm -hmm. can be we talk so much about when we talk about like the inner child we talk about the wounded inner child like what about the magical inner child that wants to wear like bright pink dungies do you know or yeah. like crazy colors and I, I feel like it's such a sadness that mm -hmm. our response to ourselves in moments of suffering so if we're in a moment of suffering because we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see, our response to that is to like pile on like the the punishment mm. and the shame instead of saying, self, <laughs> I'm sorry that you're not feeling great today. What can I do to like honor you? yeah do you know and like lift ourselves up like we would our best friends or yeah. people we love, or anyone else like you know like we'd, if we saw anyone feeling bad about themselves god we'd be i think that's such a great boosting them as much as we could question to ask yourself you know we often see this kind of like treat yourself the way that you treat like a friend but it's like mm -hmm. 
if somebody showed up in your life and spoke to you and treated you the way that you treat yourself, would you want to be friends with them? Mm -mm. Is that somebody yeah. that you would want around you? Because you live inside your yeah. inside your head twenty four seven. You've got to be with a a nice person, haven't you, all that time? And I think you're as well, the only you know, person that you're actually... guaranteed to be with for the rest of your life. Definitely, and I I think as well what something that's kept kind of popping up for me over the this this uh, conversation is I do think as well some of where this struggle with body positivity has come from especially for me is what other people think say or do mm. from that that make or I allow them to make me mm. however you you word it correctly but um to make me feel shameful for the way I am and I think that has a or especially for me and I imagine for other people a huge impact mm. on their confidence and self-belief yeah. and I think we should be bigging everyone like we should be lifting everyone up we should be there to support every single other woman out there we need to be you know doing whatever we can to help people feel confident yeah, in themselves absolutely. and express and that in a that's actually they are in an interesting like factor in this conversation especially like as it pertains to body positivity like another thing that I've so often noticed is like there are influencers and creators that I follow that are overweight that I would classify as either like beauty or fashion influencers right but I notice mm -hmm. how a lot of like the media around them and even their comments is classifies them as body positivity just off the basis that they're overweight and how one of the like reoccurring like accusations thrown their way is how they're like glorifying being overweight and like pushing it and it's so wild to me because it's just like somebody existing while being fat is not an agenda do you know and and to me that is like such a projection of our own internal narratives again it's mm -hmm. like it's the projection of and and resentment thrown at these these women often um i think men as well uh, but it's this yeah like i say this this projection of resentment and shame of like, how dare you be out here allowing yourself to be seen, expressing yourself, enjoying like your your life and yourself and your and your your style and whatever, whilst being fat. And I just think it's very telling in terms of like, again, mm. we don't we don't push these judgments on people if we're not pushing them on ourselves. Like no. We don't. We don't. And, and I think no. that there's so many people that maybe don't even have to look at it or question it. The way that I didn't until I gained weight, it was like, wow, I'm fine. <laughs> totally functional within my eating disorder. It's, the solution to my eating disorder is to just stay slim. Then it's not a problem. Mm. It's only a problem when I gain weight. And so I think there's so many people that yeah. aren't self-examining. Like if you're, uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't care what it is and that, what context it is. Like if you're up in somebody's comment sections, hurling like your judgment or accusations at them have have a little chat yeah. with yourself like you said before it doesn't matter whether you're underweight overweight 
or whatever it it's the health side of things is to me anyway is the the most important thing healthy mind healthy body yeah. what you know and everyone deserves to be feeling the best that they can Absolutely. and the body positivity doesn't mean that like you said if you're overweight then you're I don't it's hard to word it isn't it like yeah. it's hard to say the right words well, but it shouldn't matter what size you are what height you are what you wear you bloody deserve to be happy and it's to, yeah. to me I think there there are nuances to health there are layers to health you know mm. I when I was doing fitness if you had looked at me or even like my analytics in terms of you know doctors whatever do you know what I mean everything was healthy actually my BMI was high <laughs> um but like I was healthy do you know oh, you would have looked at me and said I was healthy probably like with the lens of our social ideals if you looked at me then compared to now you probably would have thought I was healthier I wasn't mm. I really was not, yeah. you know. I say everyone's so different, aren't they? That you, you can't judge someone or on on like, yeah hence, on anything. I actually mm. I barely exercise now, like, and I you know we we all have our like vices and our, our pullbacks. Right, I'm a, I'm a smoker. I'm quite a heavy smoker at that, and like I am fitter now <laughs> than I was when I was bodybuilding. Mm. It's so wild. Like I was stronger then, yeah. but I'm fitter now, and I, and I have more mobility. Like I'm more agile mm. for sure. I feel more able in my body now in a lot of ways. Yeah, if I was lugging myself around. Yeah. It's like you say, it is a hard one, isn't it? Because there's no right or wrong anything. It's you versus you at the end of the day, I just isn't it? Have and, this belief, and... and maybe it's idealistic, and maybe it's a little bit naive that if we actually have wellness goals, do you know, and we actually mm place like the the pursuit of those goals whether it be through fitness whether it be through nutrition whether it be through other Mm -hmm. habits if we actually base it on how we feel (laughs) like does it make you feel good does it make you Mm. feel good and I believe the more that we follow and that's what intuitive eating is it's just you know or intuitive being is it's like actually when you follow the things that your body responds well to and I don't just mean as in like the pleasure principle of it I mean like when you feel through like your whole cells like your body's like ah, yes. <laughs> do you know like when you feel when you follow those things I believe that your body will just naturally fall into its healthy state of state of being and that healthy state of being does look different on different people oh yeah you know completely and it's like taking note as well how did this make me feel or mm, that didn't feel so great but yeah and like literally like you say listening to you taking Mm. note of how you feel and like you said before like the journey of self-acceptance can be ongoing like for example I know especially one of these what's something I've noticed since doing this podcast is like everything that we've spoken about like not everything but a lot of the things that we've spoken about me and you oh and when we've had guests on like I've known inside somewhere but it's like 
reaffirming everything that I kind of had mm. an inkling about and I feel like every time we have a guest on every time we talk and and I we reaffirm those things that I have inside me mm. they become more and more solid and oh. I feel like they're almost coming to the outside and and so what I what I kind of what I'm mm. trying to get at with that is surround yourself with people that are gonna help you mm. to feel better listen to things that are going to inspire you put yourself in situations that are going to help lift you up and bring Mm. you up and and reaffirm those things that we do all have like I don't know why I'm going like inside because you do feel them inside you're like I we know often we know the truth but it's like bringing it out Mm. that can be the hard thing and I think every time I've listened to a guest that Mm. we've had on and they say it from different, you know, we've spoken so much about authenticity. And that's something that I'm on a massive journey with myself mm. at the moment. But every time I've heard a guest speak about authenticity from a different point of view, there's there's been a sentence, there's been a word, and I, I feel like mm. it's mm. on the way out. Mm. And it's, so yeah, surround yourself with people that are going to bring you up. Surround yourself with mm. podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever it is that's going to just and I, and I do think things. that when we're living from our wound space we will often find other people that like echo that do you know like whether it be in our friendship groups whether it be in our romantic relationships whether it be on who we follow in social media like I followed when I was like active in my ED I followed other people that I would say were probably active in their like were inactive eating disorders themselves wasn't like some pro Anna side of the internet it was just a bodybuilding fitness side of the internet but in hindsight Mm -hmm. do you know and like I really fell in I was like I would lap up that whole sort of go hard go home blood sweat and metal like let's go my gym playlist is literally Mm. called blood sweat and metal it is like mostly metal music (laughs) but (laughs) I think that like you say it is so important to be aware of that in I call it the inner knowing where something Mm. is like Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like it's almost I I feel it like a glow in my heart like it's like a oh yeah I feel that like it it's and we want it yeah exactly and so somehow it's like that it's like we'll hear something or someone will say something to us or someone will just treat us the way that like is that we need that is in line with our needs and our boundaries and like it flickers but to keep it sustained and right we have to be doing that for ourselves when we project or when we outsource our own wound narratives through other people Mm -hmm. to me that is our subconscious psyche begging us to look (laughs) begging to be seen right it's like it will face Mm. you will face yourself with yourself unconsciously yeah because this is no longer serving our survival so your subconscious is like literally begging to be seen and it will like be a loop until you're ready to to look at it right to see it I think we need to do an episode on this because this was a a massive turning point for me in my journey with uh, from working with you well, that went, I think we ran yeah. over a little bit, but I think that was, that was a very, lovely. very... That was lovely. Yeah. And just, yeah, and... like, be kind to yourself and, like, surround yourself with people that are kind. And keep yeah, great. thanks for joining us again. We'll talk to you soon. Everyone. We'll see you again soon. Love you. Love you. Bye.
Well, ladies, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for some girly talk. We hope you had as much fun listening as we did recording. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review on your favourite podcast platform. It really helps us to reach more fabulous ladies just like you. And as always, we want to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram at Messy Girl Hour and slide into our DMs with any topic suggestions, feedback, or just to say hi. Until next time, keep living your best life. And remember, you are amazing, you are worthy, and you are so loved, especially by us. Goodbye. Bye.